Hi there listener and welcome to this ski podcast special with Eddie the Eagle Edwards. This is actually a chat I had with Eddie a couple of years ago in 2019 but after the Martin Bell podcast when he mentioned uh, the time he spent with him at Calgary in 1988 I thought it might be time to give this one a uh, special of its own. I talked to Eddie about uh, how his career came about uh, how his life changed when the movie came out in 2016, how Taron Edgerton uh, spoke to him about developing his character, and how Hugh Jackman ha- had a selfie taken with him. And we also take, talk about the uh, future for British ski jumping, uh, how he hopes that uh, Team GB will be able to have another representative at an Olympics again in the future. So uh, sit back and enjoy this chat with Eddie the Eagle Edwards. So hi, I'm I'm here with uh, Eddie the Eagle Edwards in uh, Courchevel 1650, and uh, wondered if you could just uh, explain why you are here uh, in the in the world's largest ski area. <laughs> yes, I um, was invited by Ski Weekends uh, to come out and ski with some of their clients, some of their holidaymakers, and it's also in conjunction with ski uh, with um, Ski for Cancer, um, and so we managed to get people who were coming out these particular uh, times uh, to pay a little bit extra, and then I was out here to ski with them and chat with them and we can watch the movie together and all that kind of thing and uh, and we raise a little bit of money for ski for cancer too so it's a, it's sort of all win really so we talked before about why you're here in in Courchevel and uh, you said that you were watching the movie with the people here who are on holiday. Yep, we have a movie uh, night. A movie night, <laughs> a movie and night. there's only one choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> has to be, has to be no that. No popcorn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it feels like there's been, you know, since the movie has come out, there's been a real kind of renaissance, uh, but it took such a long time for that movie to come together. Because if I'm right, I remember meeting a chap called Simon Kelton back in about 1999, and he told me... That he had this idea to make a movie about your your life and that journey. Is yeah. that right? It is, more or less, almost. Um, I was approached by a production company in LA in 1999. They wanted to make a movie about my life. And then um, then they got Simon Kelton to come to my house in Cheltenham. And um, we sat down, went through my life story in fine detail, and then they came up with a script. They've tweaked the script over a number of times, uh, and they got different people to play me at different times, and the project kept stalling. And then eventually, uh, after doing a TV show called Splash about five years ago... Okay, I remember Splash. That's the one where amateurs got to do high-board diving, Diving right? with with Tom Daly. That's right. And uh, I won that series, and Dexter Fletcher saw me perform, thought there must be a story there. And then he'd heard that I signed these movie rights some 15, 20 years beforehand. And he got Matthew Vaughan to buy the rights and then they got straight on with it so it has been a long long time a coming. long journey because therefore the long. movie came out in 2015 2016 2016 yeah. okay so 20 <laughs> 27 28 years after calgary yeah. the calgary olympics because yeah. on the off chance that there isn't someone listening to this podcast who doesn't actually know you competed in the uh, in the 1988 calgary olympics in the ski jump that's you? right and and you know 30 nearly almost 31 years ago um and i never thought they would ever make a movie about my life and then when they made cool runnings about the jamaican yeah. team that was the same olympics i thought well they'll never make another movie about the same olympics and as I say, 1999, um, over well, 20 years ago, yeah. they, um, they decided to decide to um, you know actually talk about a movie, and then it took a long, long time to uh, to come to fruition. But I'm glad it did in the end. Yeah, and I mean, did you did you think oh? This is never going to happen, this film. At times. Well, I just got on with the rest of my life, really, because I, when I signed that deal, I was just about... Uh, I was, I'd moved to Leicester, and I was just about to start my law degree. So I'd done my law degree, 
uh, over the three years. Then I met my um, my girlfriend, and then we got married, had children, um, and I just got on with the rest of my life. I did my plastering, I did a bit of skiing, a little bit of promotional work, a little bit of speaking every once yeah. in a while, um, but was quite happy. And then doing the odd TV show, and then I did that splash show, and um, and then eventually that led to the film. So and yeah. and I take it since the movie has come out, you know. Things have changed for oh, you. <laughs> word, it's been it's like Calgary all over again. Right. Um, now I'm traveling all over the world, doing talks. I speak at conferences and dinners and conventions and things like that. Um, I still do as much skiing as I can whenever I can. Yeah. I speak on cruises. I do uh, I do work for about five different cruise liners. So I I go on. In fact, I was on two cruises before I came out here. So I've okay. been away since just before or just after Christmas. Right. I did two cruises back to back, and then I I've come here. So I'm I'm, I'm glad in a way to be going home next week so I can just you know unpack and wash my clothes and and just stay home for a little while great so you've been uh, you know uh, really busy in relation to the film itself uh, I think I read somewhere that Taron Egerton kind of met you beforehand and and you were actually quite impressed with his portrayal in terms of how he picked up your mannerisms and things absolutely because Taron wanted to get an idea of my accent and my mannerisms. And so I've, I went down to Pinewood Studios, met him there, sat with him for a good after, old afternoon, early evening, um, drinking tea and eating biscuits and cake and just having chat. Um, and uh, and he, he picked up my accent, my mannerisms and everything. And he must have watched a lot of video yeah. from the Olympic Games because everything I did at Calgary, he did in the movie um, and he did an amazing job and I couldn't believe how much he looked like I look 30 years ago. <laughs> he had the jaw, the moustache, the glasses, the hair and he sounded and acted just like me and it was, yeah. it was unreal and then I was invited out on set in Garmisch where they did a lot of the yeah. filming and I walked out on set and my jaw just dropped when, when Taron turned around and he looked just like me I went oh my god and then of course Hugh Jackman as well and he turned around and he said Eddie <laughs> I want a selfie, and he came rushing over. And thought, oh my god, this guy, this this movie superstar, yeah, you know, wanted a selfie, and so it was really nice, really nice guy. That, that's great. Although, I mean, my kids love that movie. Yeah. We must have watched it four times, I would say, yeah. uh, ourselves already. It appeals to everyone. Obviously, yeah. Hugh Jackman's uh, quite an appealing character oh, yes, for yes. Uh, everyone as well. I believe that sadly there was no kind of Hugh, you know, in reality when you were training for the Winter Olympics, there was no Hugh Jackman character like that well, playing no, a part in your life. Because I, over the 22 months that I started ski jumping and then got to Calgary, I had probably around. 22 to 25 coaches but they couldn't put all those coaches in the film because otherwise the film could have been four hours long yeah so they decided to take elements from all my coaches okay. and put them into one character that was the easiest way to tell the story and and, and and some of my coaches were more interesting than others they ranged from 18 years old to 88 years old yeah and and some had different issues and they wanted all those issues um, from all those different characters but they put them onto one. Okay. Onto one Interesting. One, did one did, did any of them ever get uh, uh, encourage you to think about Bo Derek? <laughs> <laughs> um, not really. We didn't really do it in that kind of uh, uh, a way. That was really good. The way they kind of did it. That that jumping paradox. Yeah. Because um, it, it was very. It was a, It was quite a nice way to actually explain in a simple way. You know, basically what ski jumping is all about. So uh, so that, that that's where some of the artistic license comes in. Um, 
And um, but what they did put in the film because it's only it only represents probably about 25-30% of my life as a ski jumper. Right. And there was so much more that they could have put in, but um, they just took specific things and, uh, yeah. and but what they did use they did very very well. Yeah. I was, well, uh, I, I was very very pleased with it. Yeah, I'm very with you with that. I thought it was a, a brilliant movie. Yeah. Thinking about you know the current generation i mean i don't think anyone's competed from britain in the ski jump since then have they but you may know that um you know team gb on the winter olympic side of things from skiing and snowboarding they have a goal to be a top five nation by 2030 in skiing and snowboarding and one thing i find really interesting is that there's been a real change in perception and i don't know if you've heard this quote but vicky gosling who i interviewed for the podcast a few episodes back, I'll put the details in the show notes. She's the CEO of GB Snowsport. And this is a quote from the Times the other day when they were talking about how um, Team GB are, uh, are looking to kind of change things around. And she's talking about you. Some people say, what a joke. But Eddie challenged everything and went for it with incredible determination. What makes us Brits special? It's grit. And he had that. And I find this fantastic. We're talking about the CEO of GB Snowsport here who's using you as an example of what Britons need to do to be mm. successful on the mountain. Yeah. Had you heard that quote before? That's, that's really nice. Um, mo- most of the time they're being very derogatory. Uh, I mean, Clive uh, Woodward, uh, uh, the rugby uh, guy, he said, uh, you know, everything, uh, uh, Eddie epitomises everything that's wrong with British skiing. Um, so, yeah, it's really nice to have something positive about that because... For me, it wasn't about winning a gold medal. It was just about getting there and competing and, you know, doing the best I could with what I had, which was nothing. And I used, you know, the biggest tools in my tool bag was resilience and tenacity. And I never, ever, ever gave up. And Re- and that's what you need, especially from Great Britain. Winter athletes, they need that resilience and tenacity because it's not going to be easy. Absolutely. For them. Well, I mean, that's what Vicky <clears throat> said there, that incredible determination. And what's interesting is that um, I think women's ski jump has only been in the olympics for five years maybe two cycles and gb are going to develop a women's ski jump program because they targeting that and they see firstly vicky gosling told me that the tv uh, figures are quite good for ski jump Mm -hmm. but also that they can see that there's uh, an opportunity to get people on the podium by moving in there uh, uh, quickly well well i've always i've always maintained the fact that we could produce world and Olympic champions in ski jumping because it, the skiing part is actually a very small part of it. It's how you use your skis to fly. And we could build a very, very good ski jumping facility in the UK for plastic, jump for summer jumping. And yeah. we jump more in the, in the summer on the plastic than we do in the winter. And it's much better. It's much more consistent. And if we built a ski jump centre in the UK, homegrown talent, and within 10, 15 years, we produce world-class ski jumpers. It is much easier to do it that way um, than, uh, you know, I'm amazed when our snowboarders and our um, slalom skiers and things, you know, do as well as they do because they've got to spend time out here. Whereas ski jumping, we could, if we built a ski jump in the UK, do it all over That's there. a really interesting idea. And one of the other things that Vicky Gosling said to me was about talent spotting and looking at other sports and interesting in uh, previously you mentioned splash and how you did really well in that mm. one of the I, it hadn't it hadn't occurred to me at all at the time but she said to me oh maybe there's a transference between uh, athletes who are good at high board diving because they could take obviously their their skills of not being intimidated by the height 
over to ski jumping. Yeah. Now, you did it the opposite direction. Did, Do you yes. think it could go the other way? Do you it think that's... could. It could, yes. Uh, if it's bit, but we need them as young as possible. So yeah. um, they would have to decide. But if, if they definitely show a talent where they're not so intimidated by uh, the high boards and the height, um, it would definitely it would definitely work. Because a 10-metre springboard or a 10-metre platform board uh, diving is um, you know, it's slightly higher than maybe a 30-metre. Uh, and that's the very small jump. So you, know, you start there and then you work your way up but okay. it's a different kind of um, feeling but that, if, you can, if you can be relaxed on that you know hopefully it'll take you forward they could they it would, it would be very easy to transfer definitely. great well it's interesting you said young because i believe they've targeted um a girl called mamie cooper who's a 15 year old who's joint nationality she lives in austria uh, but her parents are british and i know there are other uh athletes who are who are like that uh you know you mentioned about ski jumping in the summer in la praque or cheval la praque very near to here they do summer uh jumping and i believe there's a, a chap who has british parents who you've met before uh who now represents france at yeah. ski jumping is yeah. that right yeah he came fifth i think in the youth olympics um john t um and uh he, he's born to British parents, but he was born here in France, in Courchevel, and uh, lives right next to the ski jump. And, yeah. um, and he's a very, very, very good jumper, but he jumps for France because he was born in France. Um, and I've met, my, met quite a few people over the years where, um, you know, they, um, they're born to British parents, but they live in France. They live in Switzerland, Austria, Finland, Norway, America, Canada, but they live near the ski jump. Um, and so they do some ski jumping. Well, there, there may always be the possibility that, and they could be tempted back because I don't know if you heard there's a, a girl called Charlotte Banks who's a snowboard cross skier snowboard snowboard cross athlete I interviewed her um, a few episodes ago and she was competing for France and in fact she went the last two Olympic cycles for France but she she has British parents oh. and she switched back to uh, GB and is yeah. now representing GB oh, so wow. Who knows? But, yeah. you know, what we should be seeing by the next uh, uh, Winter Olympics in three years' time, some British people taking part in... Um uh, in ski jumping and how how will you feel to see someone yeah. British taking part yeah no I think it'd be great um, you know um, they, they live out near the ski jump so hopefully they'll be able to train just like all the others and um, you know and perform really really well so I think it'd be fantastic yeah. and, and, and hypothetically you know I don't have anything to do with it but uh, obviously Vicky Gosling thinks that you have you know a lot of the uh, attributes you know if, if you were asked to kind of uh, contribute or put your thoughts in no no never you... have been never have done uh, would you can, would you share your knowledge? I don't know if it would be relevant, really, because you know what I did thirty years ago. The the sport has totally changed. Now, yeah, totally changed. Um, and um, so it, it'll be nice. And I'll um, you know I'm I'm always willing to promote ski jumping as much as I can and skiing in Great Britain and around the world because uh, I think it's a great sport. But um, so I'm always happy to do that. But um, I don't, I'm really not sure whether they'll ask me to do anything, yeah. uh, especially in a in a in a like a training or anything. Yeah, like that. So, it, um, it's interesting you say ski it. jumping has uh, changed. Obviously, in countries, some countries, it's like their main event. In Finland, uh, still, mm. when I was doing a little bit of research for this uh, interview I came across something which said that you once had a song that reached number two in the Finnish charts 
1991. Yeah. How did how on earth did that come about? Um, well, because of becoming Eddie the Eagle at the Calgary Olympics. Yeah. And in Finland, where ski jumping is literally a religion, everybody ski jumps in Finland. And and a Finnish singer and songwriter wrote a song about me, and one of the newspapers in Finland asked me to come over and sing a song with him and do <laughs> a few gigs, and and so I said yes. And so on January the 19th, 1991, I flew up there to meet this guy. But the the very morning that I went up there to fly up to meet him, he died of a heart attack. Oh my God. And um, so they asked me to sing the song for him, and I sung it in Finnish, and they released it, and they reached number two in the charts. And, that uh, is a- amazing. You yeah, sung it in Finnish. How long did it Finnish. take you to learn that? It was hard, and I, I had <laughs> the lyrics. I learned the lyrics phonetically and um, just kept singing and uh, yeah people can understand it and, right. um, yeah. and, yeah, and you're still uh, living off the royalties oh, from, uh, from that one now I, yeah? I had a single royalty I'll, think, I'll have to give them a ring and say you must owe me millions by now <laughs> that's, that's great Eddie yeah. thank you very much Hi there, listener. Ian here. I just wanted to let you know that you can now support the ski podcast at buymeacoffee.com. This blank season has been a tough winter for all snow lovers. I've spent a lot of time and put in a lot of effort to try and give you an episode every week through this winter to give you your taste of snow, even if we can't go out there ourselves. Now, I do it anyway because I love skiing, but if you do enjoy the ski podcast and you'd like to support us, then you can literally buy me a coffee, or in my case, a tea, at buymeacoffee.com. Just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the ski podcast. Thanks very much.